For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's time to step into the fitness dojo. Let's get started. Sir, I will live with perseverance in the spirit of Taekwondo. Courtesy for fellow students. Integrity within myself. And to become a black belt leader. Welcome to the ATA Nation podcast. Welcome back, ATA Nation I am your host, Senior Master Zach Hayden, and it is great to be back with you again today. Obviously, if you are one of our loyal, amazing subscribers, you'll see that this episode is a day late. But, you know, that's just how it happens sometimes. Um, I'm a busy instructor, running some schools, having two young kids, and, uh, you know, things get delayed sometimes. And that's just the way the world works. Uh, But we monitor and adjust. We keep going, and uh, we're back with you today for an awesome episode. Let me give you a little background to our guest today first. Um, I, uh, If you've been listening to the podcast for uh, uh, any amount of time, you'll know that I've kind of dug in to um, more about athletic training, um, a lot of the science. Um, I've been taking some courses. And uh, it's just something that's really interested me. So uh, my podcast feed is full of uh, um, kind of um, sports and and prep, uh, athletic, um, fun people to listen to. And I uh, stumbled upon this individual and his wife uh, on on another podcast I was listening to. And um, this is going to be a a guest. We have had very few guests that are not um, ATA martial artists. But I just thought this was such a neat um, combination. They do uh, traditional martial arts, um, and they also have a, a fitness background, and actually um, have a a business called the Fitness Dojo, where it's a kind of a gym where they're melding these things a little bit together. Um, so let's let's go ahead and just get started with the episode, um, Mr. Uh, uh, Steve Long and his wife as our special guest today. Let's uh, get into it. Special guest interview. ATA Nation, we have uh, some special guests with us today. Not often do we have uh, many non-ATA guests on the podcast, but I uh, I ran into these people online and I thought it was really interesting. Um, and so we have uh, Mr. Steve Long and his wife on today. Um, we're going to let them introduce themselves real quick and then get into to a little, uh, we'll talk a little bit about their background and why I wanted them on the podcast today. So welcome uh, to both of you. Uh, give us a little background um, of to who you are. Thank you, sir. Glad to be on the podcast. My name's Steve Long and... I'm a personal trainer who lives in St. Louis, Missouri. I've been in the fitness industry, fitness and performance industry for close to 20 years, working with people from all different backgrounds and different goals. And um, we, myself and my wife, Sarah, own a business in St. Louis called the Fitness Dojo, where we work with 
uh, general population, people who want to accomplish all different goals. And we also specialize in working with martial artists and people who are in combat sports. Very cool. Um, and uh, your wife, if I'm not mistaken, has a, the more long-term um, traditional martial arts background. Is that correct? Yes. I, uh, I've been doing uh, capoeira since, you know, for about 16 years. And then we transitioned to taekwondo about three years ago. Um, and then I've also got a little bit of jujitsu background. Very cool. How was the uh, transition from um, capoeira to uh, taekwondo? It's super interesting because they're both striking, but they're, they're like almost the complete opposite way of approaching things, which I found interesting because it was, it was, you know, taekwondo is more straight on, very speedy. Um, mm-hmm. Capoeira, it's big looping circles and, and kind yes. of more flowing. So it's it really interesting to kind of see the comparison of the two striking arts. Yes. My, uh, my instructor introduced me to Capoeira first through a, there was a movie that the, uh, a teacher went into a town and he had learned Capoeira and it was one of those, like he went into an inner city town and, and, uh, taught, ah, I'm going to have to try to remember the name of that, put it in the, the show notes then afterwards. Yeah, we need to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's an old, it's an oldie. It's probably, uh, maybe the nineties. Um, but it was one of those. Uh, it might be old. The only movie I know. <laughs> yeah, I think that it might be that. That might be it. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of Capoeira movies out there. <laughs> um, not a lot of, uh, you know, these days just uh, fight scenes are all, all people want to see. Um, so uh, you guys have a, a background in traditional martial arts um, and then strength training and stuff. And I've been, you know, the, the people on the podcast know that I've been kind of diving into um, strength and conditioning, just uh, uh, athletic performance outside of our regular martial arts. Um, and it seems that there we have a, a, a great expert in the ATA um, and she's a, a physical therapist and has got a lot of background and she's doing some amazing seminars in the ATA. Um, but I just I love to hear from other people because a lot of the what we do in traditional martial arts is even different i feel than than mma um where i'm going full force uh and i'm not doing a lot of you know kicks above the belt um you know where in traditional martial arts i'm usually kicking above the belt in a lot of ways and that to me just has you know so many different muscle groups and things you're working on so um but can you give us a little, like an overall, what's your kind of thought process when it comes to just strength and conditioning all around kind of a philosophy and then maybe how you see martial arts melding into that? Yeah. I think the biggest aspect when it comes to like just training in general. And, and I, I liked, I listened to the podcast with, um, the, I can't remember her name. Kaminsky. Yeah, Kaminsky talking about yes, specific yes. training and that, and I really like that podcast because the overarching theme that I would agree with on all of that is that it, you want to train your weaknesses, not your strengths. And just a lot of people mm-hmm. really focus on doing the stuff that they're best at and not necessarily <laughs> focusing on their weakest links because it's uncomfortable. Or maybe they don't know their weakest links and, and it, it would help to have someone kind of work with them to kind of expose their weakest links and, and focus on that stuff. So. Like, for example, um, you know, a lot of times when people are in, like, a, guys will gravitate towards lifting weights, females will gravitate mm-hmm. towards yoga, like in the general fitness scene. 
And same things in, in martial arts. Like you'll see if someone is a, a powerful athlete, they'll gravitate more towards throwing, you know, powerful kicks and maybe not work so much on their footwork and their speed and their quickness because they're relying on their strengths, but they'll be good at their strengths regardless. So focusing on working on your weakest links and building that up is like a big focus on what we do. That's smart. How how do you do you go and try to work with them to identify those weaknesses? Do you have a process that you go through and be like, hey, I can see this is your your weakness or you kind of how would someone go about thinking through what they would deem as more weaknesses for them? Yeah, we have a thorough assessment system that we take clients through to kind of figure mm-hmm. out, you know, what their weakest links are in movement and what their weakest links are as far as like, is it postural? Is it strength? Is it power? Is it speed? Is it quickness? It could be like breathing stuff basically that could just, that mm-hmm. could be really the thing that's driving them into a pattern that's keeping them from, from doing the things they want to do. So, but without getting a thorough assessment from a person, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do to, to kind of, know what you might not be best at you know like obviously you can you'll you'll know if you're not flexible in comparison to your peers in the class um Mm -hmm. if you'll you'll know in sparring if you're slow you know and you need to work on (laughs) on speed yeah that's easy to find out agility quickness um you know and, and and strength versus power is another thing to kind of focus on so if like you're better at like lifting heavy stuff versus moving stuff fast. That's a more strength-based person. Whereas a more power-based person is going to be more explosive and fast and uh, more dynamic. So you can kind of tell with your own you know, body type and how, you know, your athletic history, kind of what end of the spectrum you might fall towards on a lot of those things and, and just kind of figure out, you know, what you need to spend the most time on. That's, that's smart. I, I, the, the idea between strength and power, I think gets a lot of people confused because there's, you know, everybody just thinks I'm a big guy. I can hit things really hard. Um, how do I, how does a student go through, um, thinking like, Hey, maybe it's not just hitting something really hard, but the quickness that that speed with my strength. Um, so I've got more than just like brute force. So with a, a lot of people don't understand with power comes timing. So in order to uh, have adequate power with your strength, you have to have the correct timing. And, and some of that can be impeded by energy leaks, you know, based on if you have poor mm. movement, you're going to use more muscle as opposed to just more coordinated efforts between your muscle groups. Um, and so the difference uh, with it is, can you control it? So like you can hit someone hard, but most people that don't have really good power can't get in, get out real quick. They can't rechamber real fast, um, you know, snap it out there. You can really tell just by looking um, at, at someone kicking. It might sound hard when it hits, but did, how long did it take to get there? And were you able to control it once it got there? So that's kind of um, what I feel differentiates your power versus your strength and what you're good at there. Oh, I love that point that the, like the re-chamber, you know, so many, I look at, you know, in our, in our sparring. So for us, a lot of times a student doesn't start sparring until they're, um, you know, a, a, a camouflage belt for our system, camo green, 
um, which is, you know, six months or so in, they'll do sparring drills and stuff before, but, um, and, uh, especially you take like a, you know, like a 35 year old guy and stick safety gear on him the first time. And they just want to swing for the fences and never pull any technique back. Um, what kind of things could somebody work on in understanding that that speed, that quickness in not just getting the technique out there, but pulling it back? I think a, a big part of that is training relaxation. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of times I think those individuals have uh, a lot of stored tension and, and they're they're trying to like what Sarah just said, they're trying to use their strength instead of trying to use their speed and power. So a lot of times that comes with, you know, the, a, a true athlete really can demonstrate the ability to be as relaxed as possible and just use just as much power as they need in, in a given moment to be able to like tighten up, get stable and then throw out the amount of power they need. So a lot of times it's training relaxation and then like quick little bursts and then just kind of like different methods of that to get them to kind of feel mm-hmm. the difference. And a lot of times too, that starts with breathing exercises and mm-hmm. just getting, uh, working on the nervous system. And then there's, there's different, there's different, um, goals that you can accomplish with breathing exercises. There's the type of breathing exercises where you're going to work on relaxation, nervous system, more meditative, more like chill. And then there's also going to be breathing exercises where you're going to focus on uh, using your inhalation and exhalation to, to stabilize yourself and to like be able to like move your, move your body and posture into different places. So when you can kind of combine that two together with some power training, you have like a recipe for a serious athlete there. That's really smart. I was I was talking to a, a another instructor just this weekend about the fact that um, most of the time the things that make the biggest improvement are the something that's boring. You know, it's not the cool, sexy thing. You know, and it's uh, as I've been going along this journey of of you know looking at at different training methods and and different you know things. It's the boring things. It's not the super cool thing you saw on Instagram. That's this crazy workout thing. It's usually, Hey, I need to focus on this one little thing. I need to make sure I'm really dialing in my breathing, something like yeah, that. Was, it's never that big. Thing. I was just saying to Sarah this morning on the car ride to work that like exercise variety to me, like when it comes to your, your performance training is kind of overrated. Like the, the variety is really can be more confusing than beneficial and i said i think that this whole entire from february last year to february of this year i bet my strength and conditioning program was probably a maximum of 20 different exercises you know in an entire year and i know like a million exercises right but i just picked mm-hmm. the ones that i know because i found my weakest links that i that i know i need to work on and i stick to the basic fundamental things to to always be working on those weakest links to improve as a whole and I think as far as like a specific exercise, I'm going to pick one. A good way to kind of gauge your own power is medicine ball slams, just to the floor. Mm. So ideally, you want to be able to relax and then tense up and then relax. And then you want to use as little movement as possible. So it, we, I equate it to telegraphing. When sparring, the more movement you use, the easier it is to see coming. 
So you want to use as little movement as possible to generate the amount of like as much force as possible. So I think of medicine ball slams. If you lift the ball way overhead and bend your spine backwards and it takes your entire body to get it to the floor in front of you, you're probably wasting a lot of energy. Whereas if you can lift it up by your head and explode to the floor instantly without a whole lot of movement, you've locked in your power a little better. Um, and another way to keep in mind with that is power is not repetitive hitting. It's not constant. That's more cardio based. Power is mm. I'm going to rest for a second and then I'm going to give my 150% for that one split second and then I'm going to relax again. So it's not going fast. And you can use those medicine ball slams um, with auditory feedback. So the sharper you sound like you're hitting the floor, um, the, the louder the sound. These are all indicators that you're getting better at coordinating your muscle groups together. And then you just translate that into kicks, you know, but you break them down into just throw the kick one time instead of trying to kick repeatedly a hundred times in five minutes. Got it. That that's a great example. Um, let's, let's go along with that. Um, let's say we've got an athlete out there. Um, let's say it's a, a, a dad who, you know, started martial arts. He's 35 years old. He's, he's always had a gym membership, but he's, you know, he just does whatever, you know, just goes here, there, whatever at the gym. Um, you know, wants to make sure he's got those biceps. So he's always on the curling and stuff like that. Um, if he wants to work on this, this speed and power, um, what's an exercise, something he could go to at the, had his local gym and just be like, Hey, I, I might pick up this or, or tweak this exercise just a little bit. So I'm working on that speed and power. Well, I would go back to medicine ball drills once again, because a lot of the typical power exercises that we have done in strength conditioning over the over the last few decades are like it, the Olympic lifts, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. clean jerk, snatch, and all those different things, which are super complex, super hard to learn, uh, and, and a super high risk of injury, if, if you ask me, especially if you're not trained in that. So just your average Joe going to the gym and wanting to learn how to get explosive, I, would, I wouldn't recommend against that. The medicine balls are good to do because you can do like overhead slams through the floor, and also the rotational stuff. So mm-hmm. rotational power is huge in combat sports and just in throwing, having good technique in your, in your kicks and punches. So if, if when you're doing like the medicine ball stuff where you're rotating and throwing it against the wall and working on your, your foot pressure and your speed and like your control of that, getting good exhales as you throw and throwing it as though you would good technique and just working on making that more and more powerful. That really kind of carries over more towards what you're trying to accomplish in Taekwondo. I love that. I, uh, especially the focus on uh, reminding people about the, the rotational, you know, every kick, every hand technique, you know, we've got that rotation coming from that core. Super important to make sure that we're focusing on that. And another thing um, I would really focus on too is, especially in Taekwondo, is jump training and, and landing because, landing. <laughs> because there's a, the, the highest <laughs> risk of injury is probably just in your average Taekwondo class going to be from, you know, trying to land a cool kick or in sparring, landing on someone or, or landing wrong or not be, a, you know, not being able to spring and jump out of, mm-hmm. you know, so working on like, like some small jumps and then landing and getting your mechanics right is a big focus that I would, I would uh, emphasize too. 
That's a great one for, uh, especially for, uh, you know, the new adult, you know, kids, um, our, our organization has a lot of kids. Um, but those, those adults that come in, like, when's the last time you did a lot of jumping, right. you know, like adults, that's not a, that's not a thing we do unless you're in something like martial arts. Exactly. Um, and in our discipline, you don't, don't. from, from white belt to blue belt, there's not a whole lot of jumping, but then when you get to blue belt level, that's when you start doing a lot of jumping kicks. And it's also when you lose a lot of students, you know, because uh, it starts getting really taxing on the body. That's when your lack of physical preparation kind of shows through, you know, when you get through the mm-hmm. initial front kick roundhouse kicks where you don't leave the floor, most people can get through that. But when you start really separating yeah. the athleticism and the, and the Taekwondo belts, that's when you start to notice these things and you start to get injured and people start to drop off when there is a fix. That's the most, the yeah. important thing is, is don't give up. There's always a fix. And most teachers are willing to, you know, work with you through your injury while you get things in order. But there's usually a fix, um, a, you know, a weakness that you had that we could expose and work on and get stronger so that you don't fail in the future as many times, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That uh, jumping, you know, you get there, you, you start jumping, then you start jumping and spinning. Yeah. And it's just like. What is this? As a, you know, if you just walked as an, as an adult, that's that's ludicrous. Yeah, blue belt. We, we we had to start doing three jump rounds in a row as a kicking combo, and when it's three jump rounds back to back to back, <laughs> you got you got to work on that. Like, uh-huh. like wow, I'm gonna have to do some of this. Like, I'm gonna have to prepare for this in my training. I'm gonna have to make my training more specific to doing jump kicks and doing them repeatedly. You know, like not just mm-hmm. a big jump mm-hmm. and a kick but being quicker and springier on that. So, well, and that, that's where I think, um, you know, I've been talking to Mrs. Kaminsky and, and the way that we as instructors um, maybe spend a little bit more time thinking through the, the physical aspects that are needed, um, you know, higher up and, and making sure that we're building a base for those a little more intentionally than, you know, like you say, you get to blue belt, you start doing these jumps and stuff, like how much prep, you know, in warm ups or in, in just some other kinds of training for our earlier students, do we do um, to help make sure that when they get there, there's, we've built a base of, um, you know, some of these athletic abilities before they get to that place. And then they're just like, man, I can't leave the ground. That's insane. Yeah. yeah that, it really helps with people's confidence. You know, if they've got like a little bit of work in, um, I really like what Kaminsky said about breaking it down. So it's like, instead of like, start with maybe like we to warm our ankles up, we'll do single leg jumps, just hopping in one mm-hmm. place, like a pogo hop, not trying to do anything else. Just trying to warm up the ankles and get your feet understanding. We're going to leave the floor and then we're going to hit the floor. Yeah. But it's also, if someone is extremely out of shape or uh, injury prone, that's not an, a high risk situation. Yeah, a hundred percent. With with um, adults as well, uh, I know one of the number one things that we hear people, uh, you know, martial arts, you hear knees and hips. You know, knees and hips are the the main places. Mrs. Kaminsky has been really working on helping educate people on some strengthening, um, you know, so that we don't have. Uh, hamstring issues, you know, are a huge thing. What would you give like an adult um, student some advice on, on, um, you know, taking care of their hips, 
you know, getting those maybe a little more flexible. That's usually something a lot of people talk about, um, you know, and that strengthening, you know, in regular life, we just don't, no one else picks their foot up higher than like their knee level, you know? And that's like, that's the job in traditional martial arts. That is. So we recommend also another thing to think about in martial arts is most of it's in front of you because you're not going to hit who's behind you. So you're using a lot of the muscles on the anterior side of the body, the front side of your body. So you're using a lot of hip flexors. And the reason why the hamstrings are so important is because they're the, you know, the counterbalance to those hip flexors. So it, it, it's hard to be strong if you're not strong on both sides. And uh, for a lot of times too, our core is the issue with our hips and with our, our knees. Usually it's not the knees, it's the hips or the ankles, the joints above or below the knees that are the issue. Uh, I think in Taekwondo, a lot of it is core because we try to get hypermobility in our hips. You know, we're trying to kick the ceiling and, you know, do a sidekick where your legs are straight up and down. That's what we're all trying to do, but we maybe you know, shouldn't necessarily do that until our body can control that movement. So working mm-hmm. on core strength um, is super important. We use things like um, like resistance bands and just standing and holding it and breathing and really finding your ab muscles and getting them to control your spine and they help control your hips. Um, training the glute muscles because they also get neglected. Um, the whole backside of the body, you've got to, if you're using the front side so much, you're going to get imbalance injuries, overuse injuries, um, and that's why we feel a lot of our knees, too, is because our quads become just so much more dominant than our hamstrings. So um, definitely working on the core and glute exercises uh, um, and hamstring exercises are, are super great to balance you out and help reduce injury. Core. 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 Core is everything. Core is core. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Your power comes off will- of it. I like to relate back to um, the Karate Kid with the hand drum. Mm-hmm. Your core is the hand drum, and then your appendages are flinging. So if your core isn't real solid, your appendages aren't going to be really powerful either. Another good quote is you're shooting a cannon from a canoe. So you need to make sure you got uh-huh. the battleship that you're shooting your cannons out of. Oh, I like that one. I hadn't heard that one before. Yeah, stability yeah. And, and balance and being able to control your ranges of motion uh, are, are really key there. And also being able to... Um, not just balance, but the balance on your feet. So if you're someone that like typically walks on the outsides of your feet or stands on the outside of your feet, doing some training where you're putting pressure on the insides of your feet and kind of getting that balance down too, that sends that sends communication from the floor through your foot up through your legs and to your core to let you know that you're stable and balanced. So working on that kind of balance also, your foot pressure balance plays a lot in the hip and back function. Yeah, the um, I love what you said there with the the core. Um, people think of that as only your abs, you know, like your six pack, and it's like, guys, there is so much more to your core than just that, and that's where you where where you guys talked about um, making sure we're balancing out the front and the back. You know, we're building these quads, but your hamstrings are ne- getting neglected, your glutes are getting neglected. We've got to make sure that we're balancing both sides. Absolutely. And then the uh, the foot. It, it's funny. I I um I just finished Connor Harris's uh, bio course, um, biomechanics course, which was crazy hard for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I signed up for his advanced version, and uh, the supplies I have to get. I feel like I'm going to be a podiatrist <laughs> when I'm done. I have so many feet things that I'm going to learn about. Yeah. Which, as a martial artist, though, I love because it's like that's you know, um, 
in the health and wellness industry these days, you know, there's a lot of talk about making sure that you get your foot on on the ground mm-hmm. sometimes so that you can feel the ground. So you're getting that interaction because people are just walking around on clouds all the time with these shoes. Yeah. Um, and not that there isn't a place for that, yeah. but making sure that we're getting that. And in martial arts, like that's we, we're barefoot. You know, I yeah. mean, that's the thing. I'm, I'm barefoot all the time. Um, so I, you know, the the foot's got so much to And it. jumping and spinning on that foot, it's got to know where it's at in space. And, you know, a lot of times we don't have the proprioception. And also just the ability to point and flex our foot. A lot of people can't even mm-hmm. move their toes. And it's like, how are you supposed to get your toes out of the way for a roundhouse if you can't talk to your foot? You know, yeah. how are you supposed well, to and then, for a sidekick if you can't pull that foot in? Yeah. Uh, or uh, uh, after many, many years of martial arts, then your toes don't bend because you just broke. Too many. Of them, <laughs> I was going to say that's... toe mobility is a big thing. Like, when it comes to feet, yeah. like oh. big toe mobility, uh-huh. that that's good for like when you walk and you run and you do exercises. If your toe isn't moving, then you're compensating in your exercises. So big, big mm-hmm. toe mobility is a big thing. And we, d- I, I had a plenty of toe injuries since starting Taekwondo. So. <laughs> I, I tell my adults, it's probably the number one injury we have for adults is is broken toes. It's just. They, they don't, you know, you, you spend years and years inside these, you know, coffin shoe things that are just these pillows and their feet lose that ability to do all kinds of motions. Um, and, and adults bending their toes is just awful. Um, you know, mine used to be really good. I, I jacked my big toe a couple of times on some things uh, in classes. And so I got one big toes mobility is not quite as good as it used to be, but, uh, um, you know, that's one of the things I think, um, you know, those listening that are the the lifelong instructors, you know, been doing this for 20, 30 years, don't realize like the adult that walks in off the street has just a much different understanding of how their foot works or no understanding really of how their foot works. For sure. So, And then a lot of times too, you know, if we injure a knee, we do our physical therapy because that's a knee. It's a big issue. You know, if you injure your back, you can do your physical therapy, but we forget about our little fingers and toes that are super important, especially your big toe, because it controls your gait. It's, it's, you know, we're spinning mm-hmm. on these toes and they've got to be able to not get caught up in mats or, or, you know, stay out of the way of things. So it's like, do your big toe physical therapy too. It, as we get injured, our little, our little appendages are important too. Yes. Uh, I'll uh, have our listeners um, go back in our, our back catalog um, and we did an episode with uh, Chief Master um, Langren Lee all about foot stuff. She gave us a couple of foot exercises and some different things to do. So it was a really great episode about feet if, if uh, our listeners want to go back and check that out. Um, yeah, no. And she said she she spent like a year studying feet stuff and she's had like a billion exercises. Um I was at a camp with her recently and, and we did a couple of them and I took them back to my class because even kids, um, you know, we teach a lot of kids and pointing and flexing, um, you know, is just nobody learns it. You know, you have to teach it really instead of, um, you know, it just doesn't naturally happen. I think there's less, you know, organic play, yeah. you know, outside. And I think that's some of it. And nobody's barefoot outside like when I was growing up, we all, I mean, shoes, we would just never wore. Oh, yeah. yeah. Parents yelling at you. I got, stung, oh, yeah. I got stung by bees on the bottom of my foot. Uh-huh. My mom would be like, <laughs> put your shoes on. I'm like, no. Yep. We had a rock, a rock gravel uh, driveway, and we would walk on it all the time. I'd have friends come over and be like, 
how are you doing that? I'm like, what are you talking about? This is, this is, we always walk on this. Um, but uh, it was good for us. Um, well, guys, I this has been super interesting. I, I love what the Fitness Dojo is doing. Um, following you guys on Instagram because I just think it's such a neat combination of, you know, the martial arts idea, um, you know, the philosophies of martial arts, um, you know, the, the physical prep and, and strength stuff. Um, give people uh, uh, where they can find you online and then uh, just a little overview of what the Fitness Dojo is doing. The fitness dojo is a combination of having like working with people who want to accomplish their fitness goals, regardless of if it's in um, combat sports or not. So with the, with those people, we want to incorporate <clears throat> the philosophy and a lot of the ancient wisdom of, of martial arts into a new school uh, situation. Such uh, as uh, mastering techniques, you know. In fitness, mm-hmm. it's not so technique-driven, but in martial arts, it more is. And so we're more technique-driven with our fitness. So our, our philosophy is really, you know, rooted in traditional martial arts. And then, so we want to bring that into the general fitness world. And we incorporate a lot of punching and kicking and, and different um, aspects of martial arts into our everyday strength and conditioning. And then we also work with people who are martial artists, combat athletes, who are wanting to find those specific weakest links, improve on them, and become and work on performance training to be the best athlete that they can possibly be. And uh, our gym's located in St. Louis, and we're at uh, thefitnessdojo.com. And then on Instagram, it's at thefitnessdojo with underscores between each word. You can find us on there pretty easily. And on um, Facebook, we're at the Fitness Dojo also. Cool. I'll include the links in the the show notes. Um, You know, I think it's really cool. Like I said, I've been diving in this stuff and uh, to see a a gym that's got like wave masters and, you know, people kick in and stuff, I think is really, really awesome. Um, I mean, whether you're doing traditional martial arts or not, like who doesn't want to kick? Exactly. I mean, we got got older ladies that you would never think would love it that love it like they never want somebody mm-hmm. to ever come at them but love it back <laughs> so if we can get the power yeah. out of them that way it's fantastic it makes our day and you guys are doing it in a way that's like it's not the you know um cardio kickboxing where you're like oh man these techniques are going to kill me if i'm watching these people try to do these 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 techniques because they've got no actual technique to it and you guys are you know Doing the martial arts thing. Yeah, we build people up from the basic level of like our idea of white belt level and take them through the, our belt ranks in fitness. And and we, yeah, we break down technique and make sure that that's important. So a lot of times people are just, you know, going in there, throwing punches and kicks to get their heart rate up. But we definitely want to make sure people are doing things right. Cool. Well, thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It was an honor. Here's what's going on in ATA Nation. Well, before we get to our upcoming events, I just I uh, hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, I think it's really neat to uh, see this combination of 
um, continued training outside of the martial arts uh, to to improve our martial arts skills. I think there's a, a you know, as um, Mrs. Kaminsky's um, seminars and, uh, you know, her episodes here have been some of the most popular, we can see that there's a, a need for this. Um, and so we're just continuing to uh, learn more. Anyways, ATN Nation, lots of great upcoming events. You know, we're back into full swing tournaments all over the place. I'm going to one in Noblesville, Indiana this weekend, Fort Wayne next weekend. Um, you know, Nationals is right around the corner. And make sure that you've checked out online. They have the dates for all the district championships online as well. Um, so make sure you're heading over to atamartialarts.com to check out the upcoming events. Um, you know, there's uh, some live seminars uh, or excuse me, some Zoom, some um, online streaming seminars. I did one last weekend with the ATA Max crew, and it was a, a really great seminar there as well. So head over to atamartialarts.com. Check out the upcoming events. Um, be at a, a tournament near you soon. Um, and we're going to wrap it up today. That was a little extra long episode. So make sure you're out there taking action thanks for listening to another episode of the ata nation podcast be sure to subscribe and share with your ata family man i almost put the wrong uh, outro on that one that was that was sketchy um, hey, speaking of, if you are a, a licensee, uh, an ATA school owner licensee, um, do you know we have uh, uh, the Thrive Seminars we have as a podcast feed that you can get um, specifically for just licensees? You got you to gotta get it special. Um, there's a form to fill out. So uh, if you don't have that, um, you should because if you miss any of the uh, Thrive Seminars, you can just listen to them as a podcast afterwards. Um, I love that. Uh, I've been listening. Um, you know, I just listened to the CEO newsletter the other day because uh, it was on the podcast. So um, shoot me a DM, okay, a message, um, or post in the ATA licensee page, um, and uh, I'll get you the link. That's just for licensees, though. The rest of you guys got to be a licensee. Okay, take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.